0: Before we do open the word of the Lord, let us bow our heads and our hearts in prayer. Loving Father in heaven, we come before thy throne of grace this morning to give thee thanks and praise and to learn more about your plan of salvation. How 2,000 years ago you came to earth veiled in flesh, as a little baby that the kings of this earth try to destroy. Yet we know that your plan can never be foiled and your plan of salvation is still valid and open to all that would want to be a part of it this day. Bless the word as it goes forth this morning hour. Empty the vessel of clay And may your Holy Spirit be our teacher, we pray. For we ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. For this... Morning's meditation, I'd like to turn to the Gospel of Luke. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 2. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that the world should be taxed, all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria, and all went to be taxed, everyone, into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, unto a city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child, and so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you this day is born in the city of David a Saviour, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them in heaven, into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known to us. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger, And when eight days were accomplished for the circumcising of the child, his name was called Jesus, which was so named of the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the days of purification according to the law of Moses were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written, in the law of the Lord, every male that openeth the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to that which is said in the law of the Lord a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the same was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles, And the glory of thy people, Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thine own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. And there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel, the tribe of the tribe of Asher, she was of great age and had lived in with, lived with an husband seven years from her virginity, and she was a widow of about fourscore and four years, which departed not from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day, and she coming in that instant gave thanks likewise unto the Lord and spake of him to all of them that looked for redemption in Israel. And when they had performed all things according to the law of the Lord, they returned into Galilee, to their own city, Nazareth. And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. I've read up to and including verse 40. May the Lord bless the reading of his word.
1: Let us kneel down and worship the Lord. <clears> o <throat> oh Lord our God, great and marvelous are thy works. We ourselves are marvelously and fearfully made and created to ponder thy wondrous works. When we behold the vastness of the universe and the infinitesimal small things, O Lord, what a wisdom, what a plan, what a power, what a marvel. And that this great Lord God Almighty, who said in the beginning, and so it was, that he should deign to become man, as a little babe that was born, yet the son was given, because he was in eternity past and ever will be. Oh Lord, a wonder of wonders, that our human mind cannot completely grasp, but a wonder great enough to behold and respond to it. And when about 30 years afterwards he hung on the cross and was despised and mocked, but great a wonder, O oh Lord. This babe, this Jesus that came to die that we may live, not just. 60, 70, 80, or even 90 years upon this earth, but to live the true life that begins now and is never ending in thy presence. O oh Lord, there is an eternity awaiting where we still may praise and wonder, but while we are here, O oh Lord, we need to respond. We need to react to this wonder that has been declared unto us this great privilege that we still can proclaim this wonder of wonders freely, unmolested, in the quietness of this building, uncomfortable benches, dear Father. Oh, we don't know how long it lasts, for we realize there have been great persecutions in the past unto blood, and there also, thy word declares us, there will be also in the future. And while we have this time, while we have this freedom to meditate upon thy word, To be filled with it, O Lord, to be strengthened by it, that we may use the time wisely. Grant thou utterance unto the brother to speak thy word in simplicity, in truth, that it may go forth. May everyone that hears, O Lord, cherish it to the heart, O Lord, as those shepherds wondered when it was declared to them by the angels, O Lord. A beautiful story that many like to embrace and celebrate, but Who wants to remember that also this child that was born would be a man that walked upon this earth blameless, doing wonders, uttering things, O Lord, that caused great opposition, that caused great hate, and they wanted to kill him, and eventually did, dear Father. Yet it was in thy plan, it was in thy plan, thy word tells us, before the foundation of the world, O Lord, and we can only have an inkling the purpose that it is half in all of this, dear Father, but thy word simply states for thy good pleasure. And thou that art the creator of all, who will deny this to you? Who will? The Lord God Almighty. Grant unto us a blessing now, dear Father, and may we be ready to receive it. And we thank thee and praise thee in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: gospel, according to the gospel writers, Matthew and Luke, included in quite a lot of detail the events leading up to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ here upon this earth. And the Christmas story is not just one that makes the Christmas season nice and warm and perhaps may fill some legend for some people or fulfill that legend. But it's a historical account. It's a real account. These people that wrote the gospel the Bible says that All scripture is given to us by inspiration of God for reproof, for correction and instruction in righteousness. And you wonder why you needed to have four witnesses. The Bible says that in the mouth of two or three witnesses every word to be established And that was the case in the Old Testament, that there were witnesses. And if you read through the Bible, I think you can see that there is undeniable witness to the arrival of what was to be known as the Christ. The Greek word for Messiah, which means anointed one. If you look into the Word of God, you can see that there are many details, yet these details are very briskly written onto the page. And there could be many days, many months, even years in between some of these details as the Word of God comes out. The environment or the atmosphere of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ was, was one that we may not comprehend in this day and age where we live in. We must remember that Palestine in that time was occupied by the Romans. And to show you how, how perfect and how um, complete was the prophecy of the Lord god himself in the old testament you can go all the way back to the garden where the devil satan deceived adam and eve and god said that you know the evil one the adversary satan has bruised the heel of man but one day there will come one that will will bruise his head will crush his head the very first prophecy of the coming of the Messiah. You go back to the book of Numbers. And in the book of Numbers we see a, a pagan, if you will, or a Gentile prophet by the name of Balaam. And he was sent out to curse the nation of Israel. He was beckoned by the king of Moab to curse the Israelites but after a long story in the end this is the prophecy that, that Balaam this, this Gentile uh, prophet gives I shall see him but not now I shall behold him but not nigh there shall come a star out of Jacob and a scepter shall rise out of Israel and shall smite the corners of Moab and shall destroy the children of Sheth. Even back then, this this Gentile prophet, God gave him this, this vision, this prophecy that there will come a star out of Jacob. And... Throughout the wanderings through the wilderness, God, through Moses it is believed, or Joshua, append that there will come a governor from among you who shall be like unto Moses, and he will you him will you hear? you don't have to go f- much further. There are so many prophecies in in Ezekiel and Jeremiah that there's going to come one from the throne of David and his kingdom will be an everlasting kingdom. That the kingdom of David will be forever. The book of Isaiah. Chapter 9. Nevertheless, the dimness shall be such as was in her vexation, when at first he lightly afflicted the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, and afterward did more grievously afflict her by the way of the sea beyond Jordan in Galilee of the nations. Nations here means Gentiles. The Jews were known as God's chosen people, and everybody else were the nations. The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them that hath the light shined. Thou hast multiplied the nation, and not increased the joy, the joy before thee, according to the joy in the harvest. And, they, and as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. Skipping to verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Now, he wasn't speaking of a nation, as sometimes a nation is personified. He was speaking of a person, and who will he name and title Mighty God? It was blasphemous for any Jew to call anyone God here upon this earth. That's the reason they crucified Christ, because he claimed himself to be the Son of God. He was the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. You go to the book of uh, Daniel. For the sake of time, I'm going to skip very quickly through there. But what was the, the prophecy of Daniel? In, John chapter, in Daniel chapter 9, towards the end, 26, 27, and so forth, he talks about that there will become one, a prince that will bring an end to transgression. And we know that in Daniel, in the second chapter, we, the, 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 the vision that Nebuchadnezzar had um, about this huge... Statue ninety feet tall, and, God, and Daniel, through the Holy Spirit, described what was going to happen through this vision. He says, "You Nebuchadnezzar, you are that head of gold, you are that superior nation, and after you's going to come a more inferior nation, actually divided into two: this, the 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 Persians and the Medes. This this chest and and." and and, uh, uh, upper torso of silver, an inferior metal. And after that's going to come uh, another kingdom that will be divided into four, be made of bronze. And after that is going to come uh, come another kingdom, a kingdom that will be divided into ten toes, a kingdom that is made of iron and clay mixed together. A terrible, terrible vision that Daniel had of this last kingdom that he wanted to have another look. He focused on this particular kingdom that would tread out its enemies and stomp them out and crush them to pieces. We see the Babylonian Empire, the Persian Empire, the Greek Empire, divided into four generals, and then the Roman Empire. And this was the empire in which Christ was to be born. However, this was known as a time of peace. Roman peace as long as you do what I say it's going to be peace called Pax Romana but they were oppressed they had to pay their tribute they had to pay their taxes and if they didn't bad things would happen to them they suffered 400 years after the exile with no prophet with no voice They suffered under the, the Greek Empire, which expanded from, extended from Afghanistan to, to, to uh, Rome, north of Africa. And these people were living occupied. You look at today. Look at, uh, for example, the Palestinians today. They feel like they're being occupied by the Israelis. Israelis aren't doing them a lot of harm, actually. But they feel like they're being occupied. But the Romans were very oppressive. Any sign of resistance against Caesar, you'd be crucified. And after Julius, uh, after um, the the Greeks came in, and they split into four different kingdoms. They began to uh, do a lot of good. A lot of good things were done. But then they began to Hellenize uh, the world and bring in their customs and cultures and a lot of the Jewish people began to like that. And so many Jewish people prospered and they built big centers in Alexandria and other places in in Asia and Palestine where a lot of people were drawn away with this Hellenistic culture. And some of the Jews were observing this. They didn't like that. Finally, when when Antiochus Epiphanes came in, one of the Seleucid leaders, he made it mandatory that they have to eat pork, the Jews. They weren't allowed to have a copy of the Torah. He wanted to bring them under subjection, so much he hated the Jews. And there was one man by the name of Matthias Maccabeus in a place called Modin. and he rebelled a small group of them, they rebelled. And eventually, with blitzkrieg attacks, they repelled the Seleucids. They recaptured the temple, cleansed it. And the Hasmonean rule began. And there was one murder and one assassination after the other as they all tried to grasp for power. This is the atmosphere. This is the environment before the Romans came. And when the Romans came, they thought, we can't take any more of this. And for 60 years, 60 years our living under this iron-fisted empire, looking for relief. Looking for a Messiah. And we find ourselves in Luke chapter two, where Augustus Caesar was the emperor, and he, in the rule of Cyrenius, the governor of Syria he requested that a tax, a census be taken, probably in the hopes of getting more names and more tax money. These people were oppressed. They were living under this iron-fisted rule in so-called peace. But their anticipation of someone to come to release them from the throne of david would be soon in the previous chapter which we didn't read there was more events there were more events leading up to the coming of christ and what happened was that another young another baby was born his name after a long time was revealed to be john Born to a woman that was barren. Elizabeth. The wife of a priest Zacharias. And he was born. Approximately six months. Before Jesus was. But Mary. To whom. Was given. The the voice of the angel. To tell her that. She needs to. Believe that God will give through her a very special gift, a son whose name will be called Jesus, was already engaged to a man called Joseph. In those days, it was traditional to have the engagement period for about one year. And can you imagine this girl probably very young, 16, 17, maybe younger, who knows? They grew up very quickly in those days. But she was engaged, betrothed to Joseph, the son of Jacob. And after some time, she began to show that she was pregnant. As God told her. Can you just imagine what it would have been like? That they see she's pregnant. She's engaged to this just man, Joseph. And the shunning she would have received. The judging, the accusations that would have went forth. That she had to live with. and really she and and later on Joseph later on Joseph were privy to what Gabriel the angel had told them there was a time when Joseph didn't know this and he being a just man he didn't want to make her a public example was going to the bible says put her away divorce her back then an engagement was as good as a as a, a marriage to them your promise was a promise To each other. And in order to to break off the engagement, you had to write a bill of divorcement. He, being a just man, was going to do that until Gabriel appears to him also and says, Joseph, fear not to take unto yourself. Your wife Mary. And he gave him the plan too. Now both of them know. Perhaps the parents were, were questioning what's going on. But to be in this state for months. And feel perhaps the rejection. Already the rejection had set in before the Messiah was born. And just imagine the faith that these two had to have. To maintain faith and to maintain the course that God had put them on. Mary visited Elizabeth. Imagine a young woman going miles and miles because they lived probably close to Jerusalem because of um, him being a priest. Zacharias miles and miles to visit Elizabeth and when they met it says the babe leapt in their womb the Holy Spirit had already provided this witness to them in the womb of Elizabeth and she conceived and then it was Mary's turn Mary lived in Nazareth Nazareth, as the crow flies, is about 60 miles northwest, slightly west of Jerusalem. Bethlehem is about six miles south of Jerusalem. But the way they would take the journey at that time would be to go likely along the east bank of the River Jordan, because they would not cross through Sumerian territory. They were enemies. The journey could have been anywhere between 90 to 100 miles, which they would cover maybe in a week. And Mary was ready to give birth. Doctors today say, don't travel anywhere within a month of your expected delivery. Within a week of her expected delivery, she travelled Likely on the back of a beast. Not on the highway 401. But through rough terrain. And they arrive at this place. In Bethlehem. They were frantically looking for a place. Because she was ready to give birth. And the Bible says. That there was no room for them in the inn. The book of Matthew gives you a parallel account in Matthew chapter 2. Now, with, now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem, Judea of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem. This thing, although it was done so low key, yet it involved the world, it involved the whoever they were from the east. We're not sure whether they're from Persia or Syria, or some say from Sheba. But they came from the east. Wise men that somehow had knowledge of this great event. Remember we we talked about Balaam. He also seemed to be a heathen or, or a Gentile. But had been given the spirit of prophecy by God. And these wise men, astronomers, whatever they were. Magi, the Greek word says, is... They came following a light, a star in the sky to the place where Jesus lay. And very plainly, very simply, it says, and she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. And Later on, we read that this was going to be a sign to the shepherds that she would be laid, or the babe would be laid in a manger in swaddling clothes. And I'm trying to understand what that sign meant. Was it the sign that he was lying in the manger? Or was it the sign that he was wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying? in a manger. It was very typical for any baby to be wrapped in swaddling clothes. Swaddling is like a, they say, a four to five inch bandage which is wrapped around the baby from toe to head and used to prohibit movement, to keep the limbs straight, maybe to keep them warm, other functions. But Ezekiel gives a good Description of how God said Israel was to him. In Ezekiel chapter one, uh, 16, verse one. Again, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, cause Jerusalem to know her abominations, and say thus saith the Lord unto the Jerusalem, The birth and thy nativity is of the land of Canaan. Thy father was an Amorite, and thy mother an Hittite. And as for thy nativity, in the day that thou was born, thy navel was cut, the umbilical cord was not cut, "'Neither was thou washed in water to supple thee, "'thou wast not salted at all, nor swaddled at all. "'No, I pitied thee, to do any of these unto thee, "'to have compassion upon thee, "'but thou wast cast out to the open field "'to the loathing of thy person in the day that thou wast born.'" Describing this idolatrous nation, Israel, and how they were viewed in the eyes of other nations, Salt was rubbed in, perhaps to kill infection. But what was the sign? Why was it swaddling, if so? There is some theory, number one, that swaddling clothes was a sign that he was too treated just like any other baby born on this earth. He came in the flesh. The book of Hebrews says that we don't have a high priest that is not touched with the feeling of our infirmities but was in every point tested or tempted as we are yet without sin. He knows what it was like to be a human being. Another symbol was that it was a very lowly and a humble way. But every baby received that. But what was the biggest sign perhaps that he was found lying in a manger? This expected king, remember, they're expecting someone that was coming from the the throne of David to deliver them from their enemies, to give them victory and everlasting peace. And he was found in this fashion in a feeding trough for animals lying in a manger. From the very beginning, from the very beginning, Christ exemplified humility. Paul, the apostle, writes to the Corinthians in the second letter and he says, though he he were rich, yet he became poor for our sakes. He was found in his very humble abode, showing to us how we ought to live. He came to a place called Bethlehem. And Bethlehem, in the Jewish language, is called the city of bread. You may say, well, that's a coincidence. But almost everything in God's plan, everything in God's plan, but everything that we read in the Bible has a meaning. The name Jesus has a meaning. It says in Matthew his name shall be called Jesus because he shall, sh- shall save his people from their sins. Jesus has a meaning. Jesus is the Greek uh, contraction of the word Jehoshua, Jehovah saves or Yahweh saves. We often read about Joshua in the Old Testament. His name in the Greek would be Jesus. It has a meaning. Bethlehem is the city of bread. And in John chapter 6, we hear about Jesus saying that he is that bread from heaven. When they constructed a tabernacle and, and Moses gave directions on how to plan it, they had the tabernacle with the, with the lampstand and the showbread. And the lampstand represented, the symbolized the light of God, the truth that God has, and the bread... Represented that God will be their provider. We are all baptized into one body. 1 Corinthians 12 says, We are one loaf, and we are one in Christ. And then he comes to these shepherds to Bethlehem. The town, the city where David was born. You can read the history. I mean, the, the genealogy comes at the end of Luke chapter 3 and also at the beginning of Matthew chapter 1. You can read how David was a, was a father, an ancestor of Jacob and Joseph, and therefore Christ. And how they came from the tribe of Judah, and how Christ Would be the lion of the tribe of Judah. And David was a shepherd boy, signifying that Christ would be also the chief shepherd. And the great, um, glorious sight of the angels as they sang, Glory to God in the highest, in the fields. And the shepherds went away and followed their, their directions and came and they showed them. And they were shown the Messiah. And they were so glad And as they went away rejoicing. In the book of um, Matthew, chapter 2, talks about the wise men coming to Jerusalem. Again, a lot of symbology. The wise men that came to visit the Christ. Verse 11 of chapter 2 When they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Gold, it is believed, because he was a king. A gift worthy of a king. Frankincense because he was not only the king of kings. But he was the priest of priests. And frankincense was what the, the priest would offer upon the altar. And myrrh. Myrrh can only really be. Associated with death. And burial. So the Christmas story was somewhat bittersweet. As we read in Luke chapter 2, As Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thine own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed this was an extraordinary day 40 days after they gave birth to Jesus according to the law of Moses they bring Jesus to the temple because they needed 40 days for purification for a male child and you had these wonderful uh, prophecies that came forth from two people both were quite old Simeon first who said Mary behold this child is set for the fall and rising of many in Israel. He lived for this day Simeon lived. The anticipation was so great that God was going to answer their prayers. You know Jewish people are still today at the Wailing Wall calling for the Messiah. But the Messiah has come and gone. Simeon said, I was waiting for this day and now I can go to rest with his forefathers. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thine own soul that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. That's the real meaning of why Christ came. There was something really, really terrible that was going to happen to Jesus. And Mary witnessed it when she saw him hanging from a cross three years later. And there was another, Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel, the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age and had lived with her husband seven years from her virginity. She had married. Her husband had died seven years after their marriage. And from that point on, she dedicated herself to the temple To the services of God, to praying and fasting. Could have been 60 years. Could have been 70 years. That she had dedicated herself. Can you imagine that that was her only purpose in life? That was her only purpose in life. To come to the temple, to keep on praying and fasting for God's promises. What great faith! before Christ even did his miracles and died on the cross. You know, the Bible says that those saints, the, the men of faith in, in the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, there were so many that died in faith. They were sawn asunder. They were stoned. They were beaten. They were burned. They, were, they stopped the mouths of lions. So many of them. And yet, they could not be perfected without us, without our generation, because Christ had not yet given his sacrifice upon the cross. Perhaps what hit me the most in this chapter was these two characters, that they had completely dedicated their lives. Because they believed in the promises of God. You know 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Paul says you know it's not wrong to marry. I spare you if you do. Especially in the times that we live. But he said but he that is married cares for the things of his wife. And she that is married cares for the things of her husband. But those that aren't married. Can dedicate themselves the Lord. Does that mean we who are married don't dedicate ourselves? No. It shouldn't be that way. But it's much harder. It's much harder. And as we were discussing yesterday at the dinner table of this point here that in the temple Simeon Was holding in his hands. God almighty. The focus of all of history. The focus of all the prophecies. Simeon was holding in his hands. God in the flesh. What a privilege that was. Can we today at least say that we don't hold him in our hands? You know, John says that which we have have felt, let me just read that, handled in John chapter 1, 1 John chapter 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled the word of life. I mean, he was speaking literally of being in the presence of Jesus Christ, of actually touching him, of actually listening to him eye to eye, face to face, of seeing his miracles. Oh, we have that opportunity today we have that opportunity not only to to hear about him but to have him in our hearts because that's what his purpose was it says that he came to his own and his own received him not but whoever received him to them gave he power to become the children of God even unto them that believe on his name and he dwelt among us He tabernacled among us. His name shall be called Emmanuel, God with us, God in us. And we see so much, so many lives today being wasted, being spent. So much pain and suffering that that they go through. And rejecting Jesus. The great Herod. The great builder. He built the, 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 the fortress of Masada. He built the, the fortress at Herodian. He built the temple for the Jews. 30, what was it? 37 years was his temple in building. Because he was part Jewish. And he was fearing that this, this, this Messiah would come through the line of David. Because he heard something maybe from his mother or grandmother So powerful, yet so insecure that he actually went to Bethlehem and killed every child, male child under two years old. And he died a miserable death. Wouldn't it be far more sublime and divine, to be like Simeon and Anna. To tend to the Lord, to not only hold him in your bosom, but in your heart. That was just the beginning. That was just the beginning. Jesus came to earth. What happened in the next 33 years was something that the world has never been able to shake off. As much as, as, much as like Herod, they tried to kill Jesus, It never worked. And that perhaps is the greatest testimony to the world. That as much as they tried to get rid of Christianity, as much as they tried to to hide the evidence at his crucifixion and, and, and burial, as much as they tried to snuff out the church, the church grew, as the one early church father said, that the the blood of the martyrs was the seed of the church. As the little hymn says that we sing, let's not leave this babe in Bethlehem because his babe went all over Palestine. He never owned a car, he never owned a house. 299, three verses.
2: Not worth even to look up, to look heavenwards, because we are so weak, full of faults, and we come to thee burden with by sin, by iniquities, by faults that we have in our lives. And we are astonished every day anew, dear Heavenly Father. By thy love, by thy miracles, by thy wisdom that you have provided this world with, to guide us and lead us to you. Even to this glorious day, dear Heavenly Father, where we remember the birth of thine Son, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. A focus of the history, as we heard. A point where all the prophecies were directing to. The finish of the whole history. Where you offer thy salvation to the whole world. Through thy Son. His redeeming blood. His sacrifice on the Golgotha. You didn't leave us, dear Heavenly Father, to stay in sin and be deemed to death and hell. But you sent thine only begotten Son to come to earth in humility to be born and put to lay in a manger to be greeted by the shepherds because that was the precursor that he is the shepherd himself. He is the one who takes care of the lamb and he is the one who takes care of the sheep. And round about we know even in this day and age they are roaring wolves and lions, and you dear Heavenly Father, put a fence around thy chosen. And that thou has appointed. so today we are gathering in thy church that you established through your blood. We ask thee and praise thee to be merciful unto us and to extend the days of mercy when
0: Concluding him, please. <coughs> Two what? Two fifty eight. This time of year is one that many feel like being close, getting together, sharing. But it seems that we get caught away with the rest of the world when the new year comes. Everything's back to quote unquote normal. Many times in the past, People have said we never had Christmas services. That's because we should always have Christmas in our hearts every day. Do we? Do we have Jesus in our hearts every day? Do we think about the great gift that was given to mankind every day? If there's one thing we should not forget, Peter says, do not forget that you were once purchased or redeemed from your former sins because when we forget that we're hopeless we need to remember not only that Jesus came to this earth as a small babe but that he died for us a cruel death